Welcome to the Music Innovation Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Florian Willish. And in this podcast, I'm interviewing innovators in the music industry, people who build new tools or who use existing tools and structures in new ways. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave me a review. That helps other people find the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, Jeremy Gruber. Uh, welcome to the Music Innovation Podcast. Um, thanks a lot for, for joining me here today. Great. Thank, thank you so much for having me. You, you are um, a founder or at least a partner in a company called uh, Foundee or Found.ee. How do, how do I say it? Yeah, we, we call it Foundee. So it's, it's spelled Foundee. to find it online. Uh, the best way to find it is just type found f-o-u-n-d dot e-e into your browser but but for shorthand we we call it foundy and it's it's invite only so um anybody who wants access to an account um just go there uh sign up one of uh one of the partners will um grant you access um and you can kind of get a quick look around somebody on our team can give you a tour but um yeah just to find out more information about it it's found.ee f-o-u-n-d.ee um in your browser <laughs> fantastic um well that, that that's good we're, we're going to cover this um foundy at length uh, today because i'm very curious about it it's uh i yeah i'm really really interested in this um just before that i thought maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and i guess how you got into the music industry and also currently you are head of digital i think at uh, friends at work um so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that as well what you do there um sure as a company yeah. so i can give a little bit more background on, on i'll start where i am and then i'll kind of go into my history um mm -hmm. So Friends at Work is uh, primarily an artist management company. We we manage uh, artists in the traditional sense that you would think of an artist management company, handling all elements of their career, all different revenue streams. The artists we work with uh, include John Legend, uh, Lindsey Sterling, Raphael Sadiq, uh, with some developing acts, uh, Spielberg, mm -hmm. Voila, Frawley, Ruthann, um, some more... Uh, Legacy, uh, Cattell Koenig. Um, we also have uh, another side of our business that's focused on social impact. Um, that is kind of, in, the, the two businesses are interwoven. So we are actually managing people who um, are basically looking to do good in the world. I mean, John Legend's whole career yeah. is built around that as well. Uh -huh. And then we also manage people who do that for Their, that is their whole living. So Erica Chidi Cohen is a women uh, women's health education uh, expert, and Neil Katyal, who's a uh, constitutional law uh, expert, and uh, argues in front of the Supreme Court and was the Solicitor General of the United States under Barack Obama. Um, so uh, people who are doing good in the world as well, and that kind of is all interwoven between the music side and um, its own kind of area of the business. Um, so that's a management company, and we kind of manage all elements of <clears throat> an artist or a thought leader's career. And I am the head of digital, um, the head of artist marketing is another way to think about it. Um, I am responsible 
for the direct communication between the artist, the client, and their audience. So that is, okay. you know, kind of getting into my career and where I come from, and it's also relevant to Foundy. Um, one of the main innovations, you know, to <clears throat> stay with the topic of this podcast, of the mm -hmm. music industry in the last 20 years is that ownership of audience that artists are not only able to have, but expected to have. I mean, yeah. prior to yeah. the internet, some artists had mail order fan clubs. There were mail order um, CD clubs and things like that. But mostly mm -hmm. the relationship with the audience was uh, between the retailer and their audience. You go into Tower Records and you purchase CDs um, and then your the artists would be on the radio. So you'd be basically going in to buy the product from the artist who you moved you on the radio whatever you wouldn't you wouldn't be expected to be always in touch with that artist all the time now uh due to social media email marketing sms all of the various tools and now retargeting and advertising all the various tools that one has at their disposal not only is it possible but there is the expectation that artists control their own marketing destiny and that they actually promote to an audience that they own and control and then how i got to foundy um was being a user i, I had met jason hobbs um who is the founder of a marketing uh organization called the found group um that he, oh, okay. he created some innovation innovative technology uh, really before a lot of other people were doing this. I mean, many people are familiar, and we'll get into what Foundy does. Uh, many people are familiar with retargeting. Um, it's kind of ubiquitous now, uh, the idea yeah. that you see something online and then that thing follows you around and you know, re-advertises to you. Well, um, Jason mm -hmm. Hobbs, uh, the founder of Foundy and the Found Group, was really one of the first people to use that intelligently in the music industry. Um, okay. And expanding that into um from from you visit an artist's website and now that artist can advertise to you to really tracking data based on actions people take so um clicking on links viewing content and then advertising yeah. based on that um and so i was a user i was just interested in it uh, jason and i became okay. friends and then as as a user um he invited me to help develop the product um and we've been working on that for about uh, about two and a half, three years now. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that brings me here to where we are to talk about Foundy and how we use it. And, and um, you know, the, the interaction between my work with friends at work and my work with Foundy are inextricably linked because yeah. uh, Lindsay Sterling is going to be one of the best examples of how we use it. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that um, as we get into it. I think we, we should um, sort of try and you you have already described a lot what of the different elements that the the company does um the primary business is we are an advertising platform the way to provide full advertising tools is also by providing data collection tools and the leading data collection tools uh for remarketing are involve what's called pixels and pixels yeah. are it, it used the reason it's called a pixel is it used to actually be a an image, an invisible image that went on websites. It's not yeah. anymore. It's a piece of JavaScript code. Um, but that adds something to your computer called a cookie. Everybody is aware of this because if you go to Amazon and you look at a shirt, that 
and then you go on your Facebook feed, that shirt's staring back at you. That's because Facebook has a retargeting pixel that Amazon uses and they, they constantly buy ads against that. You go on mm-hmm. a website, it's staring you in the face. That's because any one of dozens of adver- display advertising networks have pixels, Amazon uses it and it displays those ads. What we're doing is not quite as invasive as, as that. Um, there's uh, your, you control how much you advertise as a user. So the idea is if you think about marketing as a funnel, you know, you've heard these marketing terms, the top of the funnel, the top of the funnel is where you're generating interest. So Mm -hmm. instead of, let's say you get a premiere, you're, you're, you're managing a mid-level artist and you get a premiere on paste.com, um, big, big publication, but paste.com's primary thing is to sell advertising of their own. So they're going to make, give you a link and that link is there to say, Hey, post this on your social media. Well, let's say you have a hundred thousand people who like you on Facebook and a hundred thousand people who follow you on Instagram and you post that link to paste on Facebook and Instagram. People click, they go look at your article. They see you aligned with paste.com. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's the end of that campaign. But what we allow you to do is you drop that paste link into our URL shortener. The URL shortener gives you a link instead of paste.com forward slash your artist. It's found.ee forward slash mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you want, your artist paste, whatever. You post that. Now, anybody who clicks on that link goes into an audience like you were describing. And you can actually, there's 45 audiences that get generated that um, automatically, and that's things like the most common actions, like visited Spotify, visited iTunes, uh, visited YouTube, things like that. You can also generate your own. So you can say, looked at paste article as an audience, Uh and then drop paste.com as the destination URL in your audience definition, and it will track everyone who went from one of your links to paste.com and now you have all of those people um in an audience as long as it and it's fully gdpr compliant so that's very important to us data privacy is very important you mm-hmm. own you own all of that data it's jointly owned between our users and us um and there's agreements in place it's all legal to to deal with that and mm-hmm. so that's the top of the funnel you're getting articles you're we have an embed code wrapper so if you premiere a music video on rollingstone.com instead of just giving them a YouTube uh, embed, wrap your embed in a found.ee, a foundy embed code wrapper, give them that version. And now all of a sudden you're collecting data every time that video loads. We mm-hmm. have a pixel that you can put on your website, drop that on your website. Now you're collecting data some, every time someone visits your website. Again, that's the top of the funnel. That's the start of your marketing campaign is when you're just generating awareness, you're getting articles, you're putting out new content. Yeah. Once you're do and then the, and that's also when you can buy prospecting ads. So if day one you can buy ads yeah. and get your play ads to let people know that your music is out there. So we have services for all elements of the top of the funnel. As mm-hmm. people move down the funnel, you're getting closer and closer to having having something on sale, whether it be tickets, whether it be an album. We that's when your audiences are hopefully grown to the point that you can buy significant retargeting ads and Mm -hmm. you can pick and choose where to focus those ads based on actions that they've taken previously. So for the Lindsey Sterling example, we use those tools over the course of an album to build a database of over 600,000 fans. Now, if you think about it, she has 
1.5 million people on Instagram. I think like 6 million or 7 million on Facebook, 12 million on YouTube, um, and about 500,000 on Twitter and 160,000 or so in an email list. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have now over 600,000 in a retargeting database. So many of those are free. You know, we post on Instagram constantly. We post on Facebook constantly. Um, We post on YouTube regularly. She's a YouTube first artist. But also there's varying degrees of reach. You know, a YouTube subscriber doesn't get a push notification. There's nothing that gets into a YouTube subscriber's world unless they go to the community tab feature, uh, community tab frequently, or they've chosen to turn on push notifications from your specific artist. So those 12 million YouTube subscribers don't always see her next music video. So we'll have a base of over 600,000 and growing fans that we can buy advertising against to try and drive interest around the internet. Um, and we're buying on 99% of the internet. So anywhere oh. people go online, um, you're going, we're serving, we are serving ads as well as mobile, as well as mobile games. It's, you know, it's across anywhere. There's a display network. You're gonna see our ads so you are um to 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 that point actually you are also advertising on all the networks sort of owned by google basically we are on one of i think uh, i can't remember which one we are one of google google's networks yeah as Um, as well all right um so it's yeah so uh i think we're on 22 display networks they used to be listed on the website i can't remember which ones they are now Mm-hmm. And actually about that, um, you know, music is often, well, it's of course uh, has the sound element, um, often also video element. Is there um, the ability to, um, you know, do any video ads through your platform or is it only visual so far? So you asked us about our revenue streams, uh, a few things that are coming. We are thinking of adding premium features and one of the premium features may or may not, we're, we're debating on what's going to be premium. So okay, okay. Uh, to directly answer your question, one of them might be an HTML5 ad builder and ah, it, may be, it may be public, it may be a premium feature, but an HTML5 ad builder will allow you to add anything you want. So a short yeah, video yeah. clip, um, an audio button that you could turn on an email data collection tool you could do anything like that um we're also another premium feature we're thinking of adding is a customized url so instead of found.ee it can be anything you want i mean one of our competitors uh linkfire has that but it's a subdomain so it's yourartist.lnk.to ours would actually be anything you want if it's available link it's a bit it's if, if it's an available url you can it's yeah. fully custom yours, your your own URL shortener. Um, so we're we're working on building those tools. Um, as far as audio goes, you know, our answer to that right now is to really think about where you are in the funnel. So yeah. from the top of the funnel perspective, when you're talking about trying to get people to hear music, we mm-hmm. like to tell people to focus on prospecting and focus on data collection. So use the URL shortener to get your, get your um, music and videos and use the embed code to embed your videos out into the world in places that can collect data on your social media, in your premieres, um, wherever you're seeding music, that's where you're, co- you're collecting data at the point people are listening. And then prospecting 
those ads that are not connected to known audience where you're trying to find new audience, that's about trying to get people to listen. So we don't recommend people advertise directly to a sale. And it's an unfortunate mm-hmm. element, in my opinion, an unfortunate um, downside of the music industry and the fact that our advertising budgets are kind of an afterthought in many many campaigns we don't think in terms of advertising for discovery you know i found we support advertising for discovery we think that you should be able to run affordable ads for hundreds of dollars at most that get a a significant discovery audience so we think that if you're running an ad on rollingstone.com for an artist that no one's ever heard of you should promote to go check it out don't go buy don't do a yeah, prospect yeah, yeah. on rollingstone.com and say, go buy my music right now for somebody, something no one's ever heard of. We actually had a great example of that through our show.co partnership of a young country artist got his ads for, I don't even know how much money he spent, very, very little on cmt.com. So you have a young country artist mm-hmm. who's never been heard before getting go listen to my music ads posted on the biggest destination for country music in the world yeah. and actually driving people and building audiences that way. And that's the top of the funnel. You, that's how you deal with the fact that people have to hear you before they're going to buy You use that for, to collect your data. And then when you're ready, either they've entered your social media and you can reach them through uh, a, an earned media platform like social media or email marketing, or mm-hmm. you have them in your retargeting database. You can reach them again uh, based on, certain actions that they've taken in that um in, in the same line about sort of uh, the the ad formats i guess um i just received an email from from you that you are uh at least testing i think uh remarketing on on spotify audio but i guess broader um broader i i wanted to, you maybe to speak a little bit to about the audio ads um, mm-hmm. on Spotify and iHeartRadio, I think you, you allow people to directly um, upload a, an audio ad to Spotify. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So that launched about almost a year ago now. Um, I actually mm-hmm. tested it myself. So like I mentioned before, I'm a musician. Um, and yeah. so you, you, I'll start with the ad unit first. So you can buy a 30-second audio ad through our platform on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, it's a very, very simple ad. It's 30 seconds. We recommend you start with music, edit it down so that the music dips, have some voiceover. There has to be voiceover. There has to be a call to action or it will get, it will get, um, rejected and you can't promote to another streaming service, but you can promote to sales. You can promote to anything you want. You have a Patreon account. You can promote to a Patreon account. Um, so those features, uh, that will run. It's not the cheapest ad. I mean, it's, you're talking about uh, 18 to like $22 uh, CPM cost to reach about a thousand people, but uh-huh. they're highly effective. And like the Spotify ads, for okay. example, um, go, and by the way, that, those numbers are variable. It can get as low as 14. Uh, it's, it changes over time because of bid, it's all a bidding system. Yeah. Um, so those ads uh, only serve on Spotify to free Spotify users, which is, you know, mm-hmm. significant, a significant number of people. It's actually the majority of users. Um, I tested it myself. So I mentioned I'm a musician. I played in a band. My band stopped playing 
together. I don't like using the term broke up because bands stop and start all the time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, six years ago, um, and we don't have a huge audience. We were a local band. We've had a decent yeah. draw in LA, but we kind of were done before the main Spotify era. So our stuff is on Spotify, but we had never marketed on Spotify. Yeah. We have no basic, we have no real listenership. Um, I was able to not only drive listeners using the Spotify audio ad that I edited myself on GarageBand in about five minutes. Oh, wow. I went, I, I literally walked outside my office, pulled out my iPhone, recorded voiceover emailed the voiceover to myself dropped an mp3 into GarageBand, edited a 30 second audio ad uploaded it to the to our uh spotify ad system put a 500 dollars ad buy into the system in about a half hour the next so you day did, the- you did all the editing uh, on GarageBand and on your phone yeah is that exactly. what you do it all you myself did- Used yeah. the artwork. The artwork was uh, the album art. So yeah. square square artwork. Did all the editing myself. Had a Spotify audio ad live in about thirty minutes. It was wow. running. It was running by the next. It was cleared and running by the next day. Mm-hmm. Every single day it was running. I could see more listenership on our Spotify account that was oh. literally at zero. We yeah. had not only listenership. We had people listening to the full album. We yeah. had people. We had every single song on our Spotify. It was one album, got streamed by the, by some people. Um, mm-hmm. We have saves. We have days now, six months, a year later, where as before we would have noise, people stumbling over our music. We'll have days now where we have 25 streams because uh-huh. two people listen to the whole album. You know, yeah, it's yeah. in their systems. We have new followers. Like it, it's insane to think about that a band six years later. Yeah. Um, that really was starting with nothing uh, to generate a new audience, small as it is. But think about the value of that to a new act. So a yeah, new absolutely. act that is active right now, that gains new followers and then puts up new content and then does it again and does it strategically over time and then also goes on tour and also has display ads and also releases videos. Somebody who does all of the things, that isolated thing shows the value of attention grabbing that that yeah. ad actually did have. Um, yeah. So it gives you the opportunity to have that, keep all that data in one place because you're by, you have it in the same place as all the rest of your, your advertising. And mm-hmm. yes, it's that it, it works. It's actually kind of fun to watch. Yeah. That, that's really cool. The point you were making about, you know, new, new acts. Um, I mean, of course there's the ones that are, you know, that have maybe a label deal, et cetera. I think it's very useful for, for those too, but I find it uh, really interesting how your tool can also be used for like literally like, you know, living room artists, as I call them, like just yeah. people that, that uh, love music and do music or make music, but, um, but are not at all at a professional level. I think there's a lot of, stuff that gets lost just because they don't uh, necessarily make the the step into into a professional uh, world and the fact that now even people like that can you know put a few dollars here and there to advertise themselves um i think it's pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. and it works um and that's kind of the goal of the self-serve platform is designed to be sophisticated enough that the director of marketing at a label 
can use it, gain audiences of millions of people, cross-reference those audiences. You know, if, if Universal were to use this on a regular basis, that's how Concord is building their data. Um, you could cross-reference genres and, and you could own data on multiple levels. There's such a high level you could do uh, as an enterprise user. But if you mm -hmm. are a drummer in the back of the van on tour, you can yeah. be buying ads for your next city. Yeah. Or telling the or sharing your audiences with the promoter to tell them to buy ads for your next city um, yeah. while you're on the road. Yeah, that's, that's it's, it's simple. Cool. It's it's simple enough to be used that way. And and, you know, you were talking a little bit about uh, other you know, the innovations of other people doing things like this. We don't have there are competitors in the marketplace that have elements of what we all do. Like there's a few other companies that are all mm -hmm. using your for retargeting there's smart url yeah. link fire feature.fm um autogen there's all of these companies out there that are doing elements of this i think the thing that sets foundy apart um there's kind of two elements one is that it's all in one platform yeah so the data collection the data management and the ad buys are all in one platform. You don't have to go to anybody else to buy the ads. You don't have to have access to a separate platform to manage your data. Mm -hmm. um, and the ad services um, are complete. They're, they're not specific ad units that, you know, feature.fm, you were kind of asking about the listening element. They're really focused on these promoted song ads, which is a great tool. I'm not, I'm not you know, mm -hmm. downplaying what it is that they're doing. Um, but it's a specific ad unit that they've negotiated for that specific reason. We are yeah. offering the same ads as any major label in the world to mm -hmm. any level, any level of artist. Yeah, and then yeah. to me, the other element is the, the fact that the account is free, that it is yeah. not currently premium, mm -hmm. actually allows for an enterprise level use that no one that we didn't even realize going in and i'll explain how it works because i've done it with Lindsay sterling it sounds super salesy but it's actually like <laughs> kind of genius and we did it by accident okay. um so Lindsay sterling is a fully independent artist if you're not familiar with her she's got three she has two gold records certified mm. gold in the united states records that are distributed by TuneCore. I, in the uh, United States, like she has done super well without record labels. We have two label deals for her last two recordings. Her Christmas yeah. album is with Concord. Her um, new her new studio record is with BMG. Totally different teams. So yeah. Concord is one of the main investors in Foundy. Used Foundy religiously through their um, the Christmas record in 20, uh, 2018. Because the is free, they were able to give me, I didn't have to have a separate Lindsay Sterling account. They gave me the core Lindsay Sterling Foundy account without losing anything because it's not like it was something they owned and they paid for. It's just a free account that is essentially owned by Lindsay. It's her data. People are yeah. opted into the world. So now I have access to the same account Concord was using. I start building data and then I hand it to BMG, our yeah. label service for the, for the studio record. And now we're heading into a new Christmas season because Christmas is every year. I have, I started with 150,000 audience from Concord last year. I built it through the studio album to 610,000 and growing. And I'm handing that back to Concord. And there's a tour. So I'm going to hand it to our VIP program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we're going to tour next year. So I'm going to hand it to all the promoters. It's all centralized in one database owned by the artist. 
Yeah. But every partner can use it because why yeah. not? It's all free audience sharing and it's all free access to the account. Whereas many of our the other competitors in the space um, to gain access to some of these data management tools is a, pre- a premium service. So yeah. Universal owns their Linkfire system. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So if you're an artist on Universal, you're basically stuck using Linkfire with them as long as that's what that digital marketer uses. And that data goes into a database that Universal controls. Yeah. But if you insist on using, if you're an artist and you insist on using Foundy and hand that over to your Universal digital marketing manager, all of a sudden you now own this data that you can control and take with you anywhere for your whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's really impressive. I guess then one question sort of related a little bit is what what is what is it with the manual um, approval then if you know if you want to open it up for for as many people as possible why not just I don't know just hmm. open it up to some degree that's because we do want to have it be um, it's com- there's two reasons one is it's complicated we want people to get trained in how to use it. We want to get people uh, We want to make sure that people aren't just opening accounts, looking at it for five minutes, saying, I don't get this and walking away. I mean, okay, I've good. described a suite of tools. So it allows us to know everybody who's in. Okay. Um, the, the other is we have, it's a competitive landscape. You know, mm-hmm. even if I, I just named a number of competitors who have different elements, we all have different elements of the same, of, of similar services. And I happen to like Foundy's approach to it and think that ours is the more complete service for the artist and artist representation side. But there's a lot of people who are who might want to know what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So we want to know we want to know who's looking. Okay, we're getting to to the end of our time. So so um, I'm going to ask you two questions that I ask all all my guests that are a bit more sort of general. And the first one is is about uh, sort of if there's any, you know, again, relating to this, you know, we're all about sort of innovation in the music industry. And um, so I'm always curious, like, is there any tool that you wish that someone had built that doesn't exist yet? An innovation that you that you would uh, wish someone someone took on. Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I can't say I can't say that there's a specific tool that I wish someone would take on. It's okay. a there's there's a general rule that I tell everybody who's ever building anything, yeah, of any kind of music industry, and that is. Think about it from the perspective. I'm just going to give a general answer rather than a specific tool. Think about it from the perspective of give more tools that let artists reach their audiences reliably. And the reason I say that is one of the biggest challenges we have as artist marketers is the fact that um, Facebook and Instagram get a lot of heat for Mm -hmm. changing their algorithms. And yes, they're changing their algorithms because of advertising so that they can control and make you pay to reach your audience. Yes, that's a thing. Yes, it's true. But it's Mm -hmm. also because if you follow a thousand people, your feed is overwhelmed and they have to figure out some way to organize that feed for you. That's right. YouTube, Spotify, let's start with Spotify. Spotify has a follower system. You can see how many people follow an artist. 
There is no push notification that comes to you on a reliable basis every time an artist you follow put, puts up new music. There's yeah. no way to opt into a push notification from artists. Mm -hmm. um, you can subscribe to playlists. Subscribing to a playlist used to be meaningful. Subscribing to a playlist now is not meaningful anymore mm -hmm. because there's push notification. Subscribing to a YouTube channel unless you double opt in is not useful because there's yeah. no push notification. Yeah. All of these systems, when they mature to a level that they are big enough, take away the ability to actually reach the audience. Yeah, and what yeah. I need, the reason social media maintains its power, I get pitched almost every day ways to own your audience and get away from social media because mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook own your audience or Facebook as a company owns your audience. You don't own them. Yeah. Um, problem is they invade your world. They put things out there that go into a feed that people see on a regular basis. And that feed has value. So yeah. it's not as simple as just taking that data and moving it somewhere else and owning it. There has to be a way to reach those people. Yeah. So any new technology needs to think about how are we helping artists solve this problem of how do I reach new, reach my audience or reach new audiences? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. It, it makes me think just a, a comment, I guess, uh, around um, the audience and owning your, your audience one of the first uh, episodes i think it's actually the first episode i, I did was um with with uh, benji rogers and um he was uh, talking a lot about facebook and saying that you know when you advertise don't don't just link to to a picture you know always try to get people off uh, off of facebook and get he calls it either money or data um, so either sell something to them or get their email <laughs> address. Um, but you guys, well, you guys found sort of another way of uh, for an artist to acquire their audience uh, from wherever it comes uh, to to suddenly own them. Um, so so I think that's really interesting. To be clear, uh, just to just to respond to that really fast, I know we're short on yeah. time. Benji's Benji's on our advisory board, and I've known Benji for oh, okay. ten years. Um, yeah. We actually strongly agree with that. The point of retargeting is asking someone to give you your da their data explicitly um, is a big ask. It's like the reason people, yeah. the reason you pay for magazine subscriptions. Magazines do not live on the $5 that you give them for a, for a weekly subscription. Your, your subscription to a magazine yeah. does not even pay for the paper that arrives at your door. What mm -hmm. it does is it confirms that you're, you are paying attention and yeah. your ads have, and your eyeballs have value so they could sell ads to, uh, to advertisers. The yeah. second you ask someone to take a real action, whether it be pay 10 cents in a credit card or give up their email address, that is a giant cumbersome move to do right away. So what we're doing is we're doing another step. The people who would fall out of the funnel when you ask them, Yeah. Uh, at that top of the funnel, instead of falling out, they go into another place and you can reach them again later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, okay, uh, let me move to, to that last uh, question that is, uh, again, more, more general. And that's just if you have uh, a band or two that you want to recommend to, to our listeners. Mm, a band <laughs> or two, like developing, like now, I'll, I'll do... Um, Wh whatever you... Uh, whatever. Can be John Legend. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say Spielberg for one. Go listen to Spielberg. Um, okay. He's developing act that we just started working with. Gen I'm genuinely excited about him. Um, he just yeah, did a I run. I suppose that's not um, 
the spelling isn't like the spelling is two e's it's s-p-l-b-u-r-g so it's spielberg with two e's not spielberg with an e-i or i-e whatever um not like the film director so if you google it with two e's you will find him no problem great kind of funky fun um artist um who is uh like kind of like somewhere between vampire weekend and Beck in super creative, super fun. Um, check out the new Lindsay Sterling, you know, obvious, obvious plug there. It's, it's a great record. Um, (laughs) I've been listening. I've oddly been listening to the Swedish metal band, Amona Marth a lot. I have nothing to do with them. Um, I just, something about death metal about Vikings just (laughs) is fun to me. And I I like to run a lot. So I go, I go out and listen to that. And, um, yeah, I guess the other thing that was on my mind recently is I went to Ghostly International, just had their 20th anniversary. Again, no okay. no affiliation whatsoever, but if you're just looking for some of the best electronic and experimental music in the world, um, go check out Ghostly International. And just saw Shigato and Gold Panda last weekend, and it was a great show and highly recommended. So I like a lot of different music, so I figured I'd go as, yeah, no, that's, that's as wide-ranging as I could. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, if... People didn't understand yet. They have to go and uh, use uh, found.ee to uh, to run their advertising campaigns. It's free, so there's no reason not to do it. Um, Jeremy, thanks a lot for for taking the time to to talk to us and to share all of this uh, with uh, my audience. No problem. Thank you for having me. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Any businesses, bands, or links that we've discussed can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode, please share it with one person. It really helps to spread the word. And if you'd like to reach out, please go to musicinnovationpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon.